Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is the fantasy, the fantasy empire, with uh, your friend Chris Vaccaro. Very special I day know. for this guy. Very special day for this guy who's sitting as yeah. far away from his computer and microphone as possible. No, nah, I got closer this uh, week, Nando. But yeah, <laughs> this doesn't look uh, right. This does not look right. Well, you're on, you know on different sides. All right, hold, watch yeah. this. Watch this. I'll fix it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chris. There we go. One. Two, for those of you listening on the podcast, that was a worthless uh, first complaint of the day by Chris Vaccaro because we we're on the wrong sides of the screen on the video feed. So, Nando, what's up, buddy? It's uh, everybody. It's the home stretch here, my man. It's uh, it's draft week, and uh, my big drafts got kicked off earlier this week, and they continue straight through the next ten days. Uh, the live drafts here in New York in the, uh, starting Friday and uh, Vegas next week. So. We're right in the middle of it all, and hopefully we can help our listeners uh, get ready for their drafts this week as well. I don't think anyone really cares about your draft schedule, to be honest, man. Okay. It's weird that you would kick I off agree. the show and try to bring people in by just being like, well, here's my draft schedule. I didn't say my draft schedule. I just said I'm drafting all week and next week, and I know everybody that's listening is as well. So that's what. I'm excited for this week's show, Nando. This is, um, you know, last-minute uh, when you prepare all summer long for your drafts, Nando, and you get yeah. to this point in the season yeah. where we are the home stretch, you start second guessing yourself a lot of times on certain players, you know, and some players that you weren't in on all year long, all summer long. At the last second, you say, you know what, maybe I should actually rethink this and go back and go in on that player and vice versa. You know, maybe there was guys that you were drafting all summer that you're starting to say, you know what, I don't really like the price on this guy anymore. Or I don't like his situation at all anymore. So that's what today's show is going to be about, Nando. Guys that uh, we're having last-minute regrets or, or thoughts on uh, as we enter our drafts. For me, I'm actually more interested in who you're uh, who you're out on. Who you're out souring on. on people? Yeah, because you know what? Yeah. You're like you're a stubborn guy, mm-hmm. um, and for you to be like, I've kind of changed my mind about like maybe like I would think. No, actually, that's wrong. I was going to say I would think Anthony Richardson was your guy, but he got too too helium-y. Wow, um, talk about not knowing your friend. I wouldn't yeah, draft what, Anthony I was... Richardson this year for anything in the world. How about that? He's the one quarter, the one quarterback that I don't even think about drafting. So you Why couldn't have that? been more Why? wrong. Why is that? I just think he's going to be a complete deer in headlights this year. And uh, the team is obviously complete turmoil over there. He's not going to have his uh, bell cow back, at least for the first four weeks, possibly longer, to rely on to set up more play-action passes for him. Uh, Other than that, I just don't like that situation. I don't like the team. I think he's in over his head. And I think when you get into when the bright lights come on and he has to read defenses, it's going to have a lot of weeks where he is, um, you know, maybe in jeopardy of being pulled. Uh, for a veteran like Gardner Minshew to come off of the sidelines and help the team out and maybe the second half. Cause uh, I just think he's over his head. Uh, well, that was actually just supposed to be a segue to Jonathan Taylor. Cause you wanted to start talking about him first. <laughs> well, that's, you know, big- it's, it's no longer requests. These are Christopher, Christopher Caro demands. I mean, it's, show. it's obviously the big news in the fantasy world. Uh, yesterday uh, we were waiting to see if he got traded, most likely to Miami. That didn't happen. And then on top of not getting traded. That didn't happen yet. That didn't happen yet, though. On top of not getting traded at the deadline, Nando, um, to get drafted, to get (laughs) traded. What's the deadline to get traded? He then didn't 
you know, get activated off the pup list. So now he's missing four games. So all of a sudden fantasy drafters are, have been drafting him at the end of the second round, trying to be ahead of the market for when he showed up, uh, you know, this last week or two uh, and expecting to get a little discount because when he did either get traded to Miami or show up and play for Indianapolis, people were going to start taking him at the end of the first round or early second round. So everybody thought they were getting a draft discount in the late second, early third. And instead the whole draft plan got blown up for everybody that's been taking him there. And now we saw last night, the first night since the news broke yesterday, where high stakes drafts happened, he was taken 63rd overall and 78th overall. Okay. So he's looking like he's going to be a sixth and seventh rounder still too rich for my blood. I wouldn't draft him there. At I just all. Out, I just out completely on him. Like, I, I want to say, yeah. And, and as a high stakes player, we're never supposed to be completely out on anybody. There's supposed to be a price that every player makes sense at, but I, here's the, here's my biggest issue. If we want to talk about Jonathan Taylor, you know, I, I well, saw you want to talk about Jonathan Taylor. I, I saw, I heard some comparisons yesterday to Alvin Kamara, like, Hey, you got to wait three, you know, three games for him. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, you know, is coming back after three right. weeks. You get him back right, in right. week four, and he's coming off the board in like the sixth and seventh rounds now of drafts. Jonathan Taylor, you might take in the seventh round, and after four weeks, it might be something else. Hey, I'm just going to hold out even more. So, or, or they stubbornly could just do like, remember Deshaun Watson? And I can't remember if this was, remember Watson like demanded a trade. And then I can't remember if the accusations came out or if he like was that one full season where he was just like the third quarterback never played, just stood on the sideline, just right? To, like yeah, he was, just sat out the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, you don't know. So it could be an absolute burn, you know, a burnt draft pick by you. So Billy Hayes, me, shout out Billy Hayes uh, in the chat says Taylor's ADP will drop to the Camara range. I think it'll drop lower than the Camara range, actually. Well, that's what it is. I mean, it's 70 it, it, last night, like I said, 63 and 78. That's where Alvin Kamara goes. He goes in between 65 and, and pick 85. So for me, I would be harsher. You, you, you think home leagues or you think high stakes people are going to be harsher on Taylor? I think home leagues are going to be harsher on Taylor. I mean, because look, he could still win you overall. So. It, Listen, here comes thing, back. Yondo, if you're in a home league and you have one or two drafts, okay, you don't want to sit on a Jonathan Taylor and maybe have your whole, you know, uh, season ruined by a guy that doesn't even play for you. If you're yeah, in the high, sixth if, round, if you're playing, you know, if you have a lot of teams, you play a lot of volume, you're playing 15, 20, 25 plus teams, then yeah, maybe seventh, eighth round, you take your shot and you hope in week five he shows up and, and all of a sudden he adds on to your team. But um, it's I, I thought I thought he'd go in the seventh or eighth round. I, I wouldn't probably look at him until after the seventh round personally. By the way, uh, I want to shout out. Um, well, I want to shout out a bunch of people. Shout out Billy Hayes with a Z. You know, you say it out loud. It sounds like H-A-Y-E-S, but it's not. Yeah, no. Anyway, Dominator Live Drafts is a show that uh, that we're doing here on the network. Player Profile. Uh, it's live streaming of the ffpc 350 dollars fantasy pros players championship drafts all week uh billy and theo are going to be doing one if you're listening here live tonight at 10 p.m on wednesday 10 p.m but just check it out i love dude i love live streams of drafts yeah I remember we did, did one buddy. were you there that time you and i did one together didn't we no or was that like me and ronis and you were in that draft 
Yeah, Either way, probably. I got a, I got a. No, but it's definitely a great way to prep for drafts this year. Is that you see more and more companies uh, doing live drafts, live streams of online championships all summer long. And if you're not in a particular draft that night, it's a great way to get some really good fantasy draft prep in. Is to watch these other leagues uh, be drafted, and you know you sit back, you get better ideas uh, of what you want to do when your draft comes, and. Uh, it's really uh, a popular thing now in, in the fantasy community is, uh, you know, live streaming, live streaming these drafts. You're going to see a ton of them over these next two weeks. So, yeah, check out uh, Theo and Billy's uh, draft. We started that. Yeah. CBS. So, CBS. So the thing with Jonathan Taylor, Nando, is you know, oh, I want to talk about his backups. Like, I, like, OK, well, continue your Jonathan Taylor talk. Go. No, go ahead. Vi. No, no. It's, uh, this is your it's your birthday. It's a Christopher Carroll birthday show. Yay. No, so listen, I mean, what we've had over the last week is, you know. Uh, I'm going to buy you a Jacobs shirt with a proper collar and, for your birthday. And Josh Jacobs comes into the second round now. So he basically takes Jonathan Taylor's spot uh, on the draft board. But at the same time now with Jonathan Taylor backing out, I think what we're going to see now, and we've been seeing it over the last like week to 10 days, is these running backs that were going in the sixth and seventh rounds, they're starting to creep up into the fifth round. And I don't know if it's the commu- fantasy community you know, just looking at the the running back position as a whole and saying, you know what, it's not as deep as we originally thought. And now just you see running backs just moving up and up, uh, you know, into that fourth and fifth round range where the fifth round was predominantly all wide receivers for most of the summer. And now it's becoming very running back heavy in that fifth round. I think that's up or down. Say it again. Guys moving up into the fifth or down from. Yeah, moving up into the fifth because wide receivers even though they're heavy early wide receivers, you can go into that sixth and seventh round and get a nice pairing of, of wide receiver threes and fours. So I just think the running back position as we head into the, the main events are going to actually move up a little bit more. Uh, permission to ask about the backups now, sir. Sure. Well, I'm just, I mean, look, I don't know. Who are you targeting? Let's just say that like you are a Jonathan Taylor doomsayer. And you don't think he's going to come back. Let's say like mm-hmm. either he just, you know, angrily holds out. Like, I think he's got to play one game, you know, to, to be like to register as this being a season to be a free agent next year. Um, but let's just and say he, he does whatever eight. he can. What? He's got to play eight to register for a season, not one. You sure? Yeah. You probably know better than I do. I would hope so. <laughs> the backups, though. Um who are you targeting, if anyone at all? Let's just say that you're of the mindset. Let's say someone out there is of the mindset, like Jonathan Taylor, is going to be gone for a big chunk of the season, and you kind of believe in the Colts' offense, like enough to the like where you're like, oh, you know, like maybe Deion Jackson's the guy, you know, maybe Zach yeah, Moss totally. is the guy. Well, I mean, listen, we don't know how it's it's kind of interesting what's going to happen now with Taylor out for four weeks because there's three guys that everyone's going to look to take a shot on. Obviously, Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Evan Hull. Um, they're all different backs, but you know, the wild card and all this is when is Zach Moss going to come back? If he's not going to come back until weeks three or four, it's going to be like a wasted pick. If we knew he was going to be ready by week one, then maybe I would say that Zach Moss is in the lead for the lead role for at least four weeks. And then maybe beyond that. So he would be more of my pick, but with that broken arm still looming over him, I don't know when we're getting him back. Um, Deion Jackson he could be a nice add in rounds 15, 16 with, um, you know, as a PPR back. 
a pass catching back there. Well, of, he's a good uh, back. He had some good games. Yeah, man. Like, he, he did. Was, he had a couple. He had a he had a monster game. Um, remember that? Was, Everyone loved. Know, it was like ball, like a hundred balls in one game. So yes. Uh, listen, I'm not moving any of these guys up my board to make sure I get one of them in, in drafts. But you know, it's it's definitely one of one of these three guys is is definitely a back to put on your roster for a little depth and let the situation play out. See how it looks in week one. And, uh, you know, you, you put a little roster depth with any of these three guys. For me, I would say Zach Moss I'd rather take the shot on to answer your question, though. If they do pull off a trade, say, like, in season for Jonathan Taylor, like, well, he's on the pup list. Can you get traded while you're on the pup list? That's a good question. Uh, no, they have, the they have to wait until, I think, October 31st now. Is, is, uh, no, that's the deadline. That's that's the last time you can trade. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think he can be traded. I would have to look into. I'm not going to speak out of turn. I don't know what the rule is now. Uh, I'll Google it. Will you go on another one of your 10 minute yeah. soliloquies? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds good. But I was just thinking, like, so like I got some texts yesterday about, oh, you know, what I Jonathan Taylor, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, I was doing some yard work, so I didn't look at the news. I was just reading the texts and assume that he got traded to Miami. And I'm like, well, like who came back? You know what I mean? Like I would assume like they'll further muddy the running back situation by getting like Savan Ahmed back or something like that. Right. Or would you not expect something like that? Like if no. you're going to dive in and be Jonathan Taylor's gone, Jonathan Taylor's going to Miami still somehow uh, something comes back. Do you think, or I think it's just like a fourth round pick and let's get it over with. No, nah, it'd just be draft picks and everything. That's it. Giovanni's got a good question. He's Italian. So you probably pay attention to him. Uh, it's about, let me, you know, I don't, his question's too specific, but Jonathan Taylor in a dynasty league. I know you hate dynasty leagues, but is there value there to go after him now and be like, Hey, look, my team's probably going to suck this year. Let me go get Jonathan Taylor, uh, probably cheap from a team who might be contending. How about that? Uh, I mean, yeah, this is definitely the time right now to get him on the cheap from anybody. Uh, I don't know what that's going to hold in the future, though. So dynasty wise, I don't play any dynasty Nando. So uh, I know it's weird. The Theo is probably the guy to, to talk about that. But listen, this show is about last minute regrets and, and everything. So we got a lot of players to cover. So we should you said start with Jonathan that. Taylor. I'm granting your birthday. Wish. That's that's and we did. And we did. You said you cut you cut the cake this morning and said, "I wish we could talk about Jonathan Taylor for the first fifteen minutes of the show." Yep. And you and I said, "Why? That horse has been beaten." And you're saying, "I just want to talk about him, though it's my birthday." So we did it. Well, let's. Here's okay. my biggest regret this fantasy draft season let's is in it. my earlier drafts I didn't get enough Alexander Madison. Like the more I, I look at the Madison situation, yeah, I even went like in games where Madison has had. 20 or more carries there's only in five of them but i mean like whatever that's still five games of 20 more carries that's the only volume sample that we have um do you know how many times he's gone 90 or more yards rushing enlighten me my friend all five christopher j vaccaro yes how about that <laughs> listen that's a great one nando to be honest with you because you know you were getting some really good discount prices on alexander madison all summer long with uh, you know, early in the season, we didn't know if Dalvin Cook was going to get re-signed and come back. Then people just were doubting him. The fantasy community was really down on him, you know. So he was going in the seventh and eighth rounds of draft. You see him now move up to where he's usually going in the fifth and sixth rounds. So at the prices he was going at all summer, yeah, I have a lot of regrets not being, you know, fully invested in him as well at that price. But now, even now, as we enter these last two weeks, 
you could see Madison. They they cut Dwayne McBride, who a lot of people yeah. thought would factor into the backfield this year. And it's really, I mean, they. I don't know if you saw this today. They uh, the Vikings actually uh, signed Miles Gaskin saw from that. Uh, yeah. Miami. So that adds a little depth behind it because it was just uh, you know Madison and Chandler. But you you hear the beat reporters. The only running back that's taken first, uh, you know, first team snaps is, is Madison. So we could be looking at a, you know, a running back here in the fifth round where he comes off the, the board as a full blown bell cow getting 15 to 20 touches a game here. So, yeah, that's a that's a perfect uh, player to to start with some regret on. Yeah, I is, wish I is, had more Madison. Th- saying that he could be like end of third round too much. I like I feel like I'm looking at these drafts again, like with clear eyes and just forget about ADP. And like, you're making a list of the bell cow backs. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like, why is not Madison going to like at the end of the third? A lot you know of people I mean? forget about strategy, thing. right? Yeah, yeah. Like this, he should be a third round back really. Uh, I mean, listen, that's, that's a heavy price, right? But you could see us halfway through the season sitting here and saying, wow, every week Madison's getting 17 carries for 85. It's a dynamic offense. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. Like, what are we, are we just ignoring how, you know, uh, what he can produce based on just name alone? And maybe, you know, like I said, the, the fantasy community, once everybody, you know, the everything gets going and, and people sour on a particular player, he stays at a certain price on the board. And I think that's what we've seen with Alexander Madison this last two months. But now people are starting to finally come around on him. And, um you know, he's I, I I'm in on Alexander Madison in the fifth, sixth round for sure. Uh, do you want to talk about some of your regrets? Well, actually, you know, what? let's take a quick break. Well, let's say uh, let's say you want to well, take I a quick to, break. Well, we have to. Yeah. Go ahead. In the first 20 minutes. Uh, sure. Do you want to pick the sound effect that we play? Mm, I'll leave that to the professionals. Well, there's an alarm we could play. There's a dog. There's money. How about that? Pick it's your birthday. You pick. pick no one and roll with it. Song. Let's see. I'll do the alarm for you because I love you. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. Nice. Hold on. Give me the dog. Yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of dish it is. Giving you, letting you have sound effects on this show is probably the worst thing to ever happen to us (laughs) because you are an absolute child and you'll just make these sounds all show long. Anyway, Nanda, you talk about a fifth round running back. I want to talk about another fifth round running back that maybe I'm having second regrets on where I was drafting him all season long in the seventh and eighth rounds. And he's another running back that's come and moved into the fifth round now. And that's James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. Um, 
I'm starting to wonder if maybe we've priced this particular running back out uh, for several reasons. You know, we all love him in the fantasy community. He's one of the hottest names on the board at that position for sure. And, you know, his ADP over the first week and a half of main events is 55. So, I mean, how much more can we send this guy up the board, you know, with, with him not being able to give us back value? You know, Damian Harris is now healthy and has come back. We could be losing goal line touches. Uh, you know, they didn't bring You're already him losing him to Allen. You're already losing him to Josh Allen. Yeah. So you got Josh Allen and Damian Harris. I mean, I don't want to take a, a running back in the fifth round just because everybody else is in on this guy. And, you know, he's giving me 12 touches a game and he's coming out, you know, in the red zone. You know, what's how is he going to pay back that ADP and fifth round price? unless he's giving me four or five catches every week and making the most of his 12 carries. So we love the player. We love the offense. We love, you know, everything that's associated with him, but maybe we just loved him so much because we saw these things and he was going off the board in the seventh and eighth round. Now those days are gone and we have to look at him as a fifth round running back. So like if we're on the board here, Nando, and it's Alexander Madison or James Cook, you know, whereas I would have told you a month ago, give me James Cook. Now I'm I'd rather have Alexander Madison. You know who I got a, a felt a little bit of buzz on was uh, Latavius Murray too, man. Like who you're not even mentioning, but I mean, Buffalo's not a team that's like a bell cow team, really. You know what I mean? Like even with Singletary, was it, even with Zach Moss, who we talked about before, was in the mix. Like all these guys were in the mix. Uh, yeah, it was never like veteran. He's just a solid veteran back that's, you know, probably going to get a couple carries a game. But, you know, with Harris, listen, yeah, you got to choose like, between one of them. But what if, like, James Cook – I mean, like, maybe James Cook – and I know there are metrics and stuff like this, but, you, you know, you don't have it until you subjectively hear it from the coaches. Like, maybe they just don't like how he blocks. Maybe Josh Allen doesn't like him, you know, when he's in the game. And maybe Latavius Murray shows up and he's like, this is the guy I want, you know, next to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, maybe this is the guy I like a lot and that could – that could have, I mean, Josh Allen could is your keep guy. him off the field. Sure. Maybe James Cook plays 60% of the snaps, and then the other 40% is, you know, divided between Murray and Harris. These are all things you got to look at. And when, like I said, when you're on the clock and it's the fifth round, and you're like, oh, I need a running back here to take James Cook over some of these other running backs that are on the board at the same time that you know are going to be playing at a 75, 80% clip and touching the ball more, you know, maybe it's a better time maybe it's a time now to pivot away from james cook be grateful that we got the shares and at the price we got them you know the last couple months but like i said that's over and done with now so he's one of those running backs that i loved but now that we come in and the big money's on the line maybe he just got outpriced and i don't know how many shares of james cook i'm gonna have uh you know at that fifth round price let me ask you this related question that you're going to accuse me of going off the rails on, but it's it's actually related. Oh wow, never! You never not go just off because the rails, man, though. There are, you know what? But it makes never. sense. And you're the you, uh, go ahead. What topic would you like to bring up? Patrick Mahomes. How rails. good can he be? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the more all the more, in on Justin Jefferson this year. This is more like I've actually sat down and like had a clear head for you know the first time in draft season, really. That's the Dalvin second time you said you're seeing the board clearly. You have a clear head. Like, are we having? Are we expecting a huge, you know, draft season from Nando Defino this year? Are you going to give us Donovan Peoples Jones this episode of last year? If you're lucky, if you're lucky, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've 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 dropped my leagues down. I'm like the opposite of Vaquero. 
Yes. I'm the uh, we've gone from three down to two this year. Congratulations, Arakov. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. I've dropped my leagues down so I can focus more. But uh, really, it's like our content churn that we've had. At the athletic has kind of slowed down a little bit now. We're more, you know, more up- updating. And anyway, the point is, I got some time, and I'm thinking more about Dalvin Cook. And the more you read about Brees Hall, like Greg, our inside injuries guy, is writing about Brees Hall and like how like it's not just an ACL tear, MCL, LCL are involved. And, like that's why Javante Williams is you know farther along in his recovery. Hall could have some complications. You know, you always see these guys come back from just an ACL. And we talked about this before, but it makes me think more and more like Aaron Rodgers, veteran quarterback, trying to win a Super Bowl. Dalvin Cook, pro bowler, who's still in his prime, shows up. Um, I don't know if we're guaranteed, like if we're too high on Brees Hall and then too low on Dalvin Cook. All right. So, so Brees Hall is is definitely – you know, a big topic right now on, in every draft. He's just one of those players. Everybody's trying to see where he's going to go. You know, you're going to get crazy value on him. He could definitely be that running back that you select in the fifth round where he usually goes in these drafts and he could provide second round value. You know, it's all about this injury he's coming off of. For me, I look at the situation. They gave Dalvin Cook a ton of money and yeah. they didn't give him a ton of money to come here and play 20% of the snaps. So yep. to me, I think it's going to be a 50-50 type split. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook in the backfield, maybe Brees Hall split out because I don't think that the depth that the Jets have at the receiver position is looking all so good here. So you might have, and we saw it on Hard Knocks a couple of weeks ago, you know, they split Brees Hall out wide. So you might see a bunch of times when they're both on the field together. But for me, if you're giving me a running back, I'd rather have, if you told me, hey, do you want Brees Hall in that fourth or fifth round range? Or will you take a shot on Dalvin Cook in the eighth or ninth round range as your RB three? Give me Dalvin Cook. Surprise. That's what I'm saying. So let know, me, now look. I don't think he'll be a I don't think he'll be a league winner where Brees. Hall I think he will. Well, here's maybe, the thing. Yeah. Who did, who's the Jets' offensive coordinator? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. 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 Give me the two of the wide receivers: Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, who hmm. used to play with Aaron Rodgers. Like, who's controlling this team, really, if you think about it? His old offensive coordinator, two of his old wide receivers are there. Mm-hmm. You don't think Aaron Rodgers like, give me Dalvin Cook, please, and, like, let's go win a title? I want Dalvin yeah, Cook as my running he, back. He, He's Cook calling the shots, there. man. Dalvin Cook is there because Aaron Rodgers wanted him, for sure. That's what I'm saying. So. Like, that's like, he didn't, bring, like, oh, let's bring him in. He could back up Hall, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, he's saying, Hall, let's just forget about him, and let's run Dalvin Cook, all-pro running back. Who Listen, I played against I, I, a bunch. You're pitching it, yeah, but you're pitching it like as if Dalvin Cook's going to get 18 carries a game and Brees Hall could I think get he might. four. I know? think that might happen. I don't, I don't think, think that's so. outside the realm of possibility. I think yeah. Brees Hall maybe will have like you know 11 carry games, 10 carries, eight carries, whatever. But like he also could like have a you know hamstring injury takes him out for a little longer than it needs to, like a high yeah. ankle sprain that could take him out for a little longer than it needs to. You know, a little problem in his other knee that could take him out a little longer yeah. than it needs All to. All right, so you're in on so you're in on Dalvin Cook and you're out yeah. on Brees Hall as we enter the last week of, of drafts. I got yeah. you. Enough me, about me though. Uh, another guy that I was out on all summer. I wasn't really drafting him, especially in that seventh, eighth round range where he was going, and I wish I had a bunch of shares at that price because now he's steamed up also all the way up to the fifth round is from the Washington commanders, Johan Dotson. Um, it's he's the hottest wide receiver name on the board. Everybody's trying to get Dotson and um, 
you know, for me, uh, I just can't see a path where he's unsuccessful here in his offense. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin is battling turf toe. Um, they really don't have much after that. I know they have your boy, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel. We really haven't heard much of Samuel, you know, this training camp, but he's a distant third in this offense. They really don't have a tight end, uh, to speak of in this offense. And I don't see how Dotson doesn't, you know, come out of the gate on fire and is, you know, a weekly eight to 10 target wide receiver. So for the price that he's going ADP right now over the last 10 days of 57, uh, I'm in, I'm in on Dotson. And I know a lot of uh, people in the fantasy community feel the same way right now because everybody's fighting for him on the draft board. Let me ask you a question just uh, strategically as yeah. Chris Carroll, a uh, hall of famer. When you see a guy like Eric Bieniemy come in, and this might be like a weird situation because Bieniemy, you don't know where he begins and where Andy Reid ends. Yeah. But I mean, he's definitely he's coming in and he's obviously transforming this Washington offense. And he spent so long making Travis. Maybe it was him. Maybe it was Andy Reid. Blah blah blah. But like Travis Kelsey was the centerpiece of that Chiefs offense, and it's not like they didn't have good receivers. You know, like it was just like it ran through Kelsey. Yeah. So are are you are we dismissing like Logan Thomas too quickly? Is that like are we just are uh, we Logan not? Thomas has got Logan Thomas has got so many miles on him, and I don't think you could pinpoint him in this offense. This offense is a two man show. It's Terry McLaurin and Dotson. Well, no, that's and, what it was. No, that's what it is. That's you what think the enemy's just going to be like. Yeah, let's run the same. Let's offense. Stop creating false narratives with Logan. It's not Thomas a false narrative. They've got a different offensive coordinator. Logan Thomas doesn't even get thought of in a twenty-round draft, Nando. So let's focus on the players that actually are good and and actually get drafted, uh, like Dotson. And uh, if you want to put your, you know, your flag plant on Logan Thomas this year as one of your guys, one of your Nando thirty-second-round specials, then say it with your chest. You know, but um, I don't know what that means. It means say it, say it. That's your guy, Logan Thomas. That's Chris. That's what you want to do, Christopher? Yeah. Logan Thomas is my Nobody guy. Can see that. <laughs> this is Nando's chest talking. <laughs> Listen, you know another reason why I think Dotson's definitely um, have come into my draft plans is just because I like the way the kid Sam Howell looks. You know, and he's everybody's a, and big he's, on Howell's another guy who's like he's you know, he was up. never getting drafted, but now you see him in the 17th, 18th rounds of drafts. People are making him as the QB two. He can get it done on the ground, he can take off and run. He probably add 30 to 40 yards rushing every week. Uh, you could see this team struggling and always playing from behind. That adds into more of a factor for his for Howell and for Dotson and McLaurin. This is one of those offenses where I think it's you know sneaky. Uh, potential to help you in fantasy this year, uh, you know, weekend and week out. What do you think? I mean, like of putting a little money on the commanders to win the NFC East and like a crazy upset. Like I know Philly's like oh, the favorite. Not. Absolutely right. not. They're the okay. only team that doesn't have a chance of winning the, the NFC East. Why? We That's a Nando the bet right there. It's not a Nando, That's a Nando bet. bet. Take the take the commanders uh, to win the NFC East. Absolutely not. No shot. Time stamp it. Record it. Everything. Commanders don't have a shot. So that's that. You have the you have some of the biggest powerhouses. You have Philly and Dallas. Who Philly's Dallas the is not a powerhouse. In the NFC. 
Dallas is the third favorite, according to Vegas in the NFC. And to me, the Giants uh, are a team that's going to take another step this year and be about a 10-win team. So you have three monster powerhouse teams. And then again, Commanders are going to be playing six games against these teams. They should be trailing in all of them. Uh, it sets up well for Howell in this offense. So, yeah, for sure. What were, the Giants, what were the Giants supposed to be last year at this time? What were they supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, not not that we're good. Supposed to be three and three and fourteen, year. right? They were three and fourteen team. No, I don't know about that. But All right, well, was their over under? Like, I think it was five point five. I'm surprised. I already bet this Nando, but my, uh, the Giants' uh, win total eight and a half wins. I already bet that a month ago. I'm shocked. At so under? That. You went under? Absolutely not. Oh, oh, you're a Giants fan. That's why, man. I it's they, I don't bet with my heart. To be honest with you, I just love that. You know. To be a nine and eight team and and win that bet, I think the Don't Giants you, definitely a, a, a nine win team this year. All everyone talked about last year was how the Giants and the Vikings were playing over their heads and they don't deserve these records and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And now all of a sudden everyone's just done like a total one eighty on the Giants and they're in love with them. And I don't yeah. get like what happened last year. When we were in the thick of it and everyone said they sucked. What other players are you? Them. What other players are coming into your draft plan or going out of your draft plan as you enter your drafts, Nanda? Listen, I was told we have to talk about betting on the show, so I brought it up because I'm oh, a team I player. I'm like you. Uh, it's bad advice. Maybe the Washingtons to win the whole thing is the way to, the Washingtons yeah. to win the whole thing is the way to go. Maybe Cole Turner is the guy you want at tight end yeah. for the Commanders. Uh, I'll give you a third round receiver that I'm. Uh, I didn't Michael Pittman. Expect Michael draft Pittman. at all this uh, off season. I haven't drafted him yet, but as we enter the final two weeks of the season. Uh, I think he's definitely in my draft plan now, and that's Keenan Allen of the Chargers. Uh, coming into this draft season, I really thought that I wouldn't, you know, I like his better days were behind him. But now you're hearing all these reports about how good he looks. We love the quarterback. We love the offense. Um, that third round is a real struggle for me, Nando, this year in fantasy drafts, you know. And we just lost Jerry Judy, who was my third round target to be honest with you, um, in that mid-third round of drafts, I was always targeting Jerry Judy. He comes out now, and it's all those other receivers that are around uh, that area that I'm like, ah, you know what, I'm not really in love with them. So I'm going in different directions when I hit the third round of drafts this year. But Keenan Allen has now come into my draft plan where I'm like, you know what, I could see it, a fast-paced offense. Um, you know, like I said, he's got Herbert with him. He's going – playing more outside than just the slot this year. If he can hold up and not get banged up again this year, like he has been these last couple of years, hopefully he had a monster last six games of the season as we head into 2023 here. Keenan Allen is someone that I uh, don't own any shares of this, uh, um, you know, this draft season so far, but I'm coming around on him again. Let me ask you a question. Actually, I have two mm-hmm. questions. I have two follow-ups. Sure. Number one, uh, is this your pivot off of Mike Williams after like knowing you for so long? No, it isn't. Like I've known you for Good 15 question. years and every year you love Mike Williams. All 15 of them. Even in high school, you're following him in high school. Like this Mike Williams guy. <laughs> he was great at Clemson. Uh, yeah. anyway, no, you know what, Nando, that's a good question. And it's not a pivot off of him. I just drafted Mike Williams the last couple nights. Uh, I like Mike Williams. I think he's a really good pick in the uh, late fourth round, early fifth round where he's going. So I'm in on this Chargers offense. Uh, I think they're both good prices for Allen and Mike Williams. I think they both can have successful seasons as fantasy picks in those third and fourth rounds 
uh, of drafts. So Here's, I think there's enough. I think there's enough. Uh, you know, food to go around for them to be successful. Here's B. Um, yeah. You mentioned the third round's problem for you. You're yeah. really big on like roster construction, and you kind of follow like a. I don't want to say paint by numbers, but you know you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. You know, like you you have like yeah. a set position. Yeah. So is is the third round making you rethink like if there's a tantalizing running back here, I should get him? Or are you so married to your strategy of just going wide receivers? You're like, I just can't find a good wide receiver that I like in the third. Like, yeah, are, are you stretching question. for a wide receiver? Or are you going to try and go like a different build? No, Nando, that's actually like your first great question in like three years. So you just said great question. No, you really. Ages, so no, yeah. No, you're really you're getting good at this, my friend. I'm I'm happy for you. You've come a Thank long you. way. But Thank it's you. actually a good question, and it and to answer it, it depends on where you are on on the draft board. It depends on if you're drafting from the front or the back, and it changes my whole draft approach. To be honest with you, um, so you know. It definitely will switch my mind knowing that I don't love that many receivers in the third round. If I'm in the the beginning of the first round or in the middle of the first round, I am more inclined to go receiver receiver starts because I know that when I come to the third round, there's not going to be that receiver that I really like that much. So I'm going to pivot off to the running back position. Maybe there's a Mark Andrews uh, sitting there. Uh, he's another player that's on my list of guys that I didn't think I'd be drafting that much this year. That's actually coming more into my draft plan just because of that exact question that you just brought up. Why not go after the elite tight end right there? You see Darren Waller also coming into the fourth round uh, now of drafts now that the big money's on the line and a lot of great players want to move him up. So you have your shot at getting a Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, um, Darren Waller. And maybe in that third, early fourth round, you want to pivot and get the, um, you know, get the advantage at the tight end position because then it gets thin. You know, it gets thin quick, just like every other year. So depending to answer your question, depending on what side of the draft board you on, that's how I build my teams. Um, you know, we're talking NFFC drafts a lot from, from myself. If I'm in the back end of the first round, you can go double wide receiver and get two of the elite 10 guys. You can get one of one of those receivers and an elite running back, one of the top six running backs that I love, right? You could split them and then you start off the third round with one of those picks 25 to 27 overall where you're still facing a Calvin Ridley, a DK Metcalf, a T Higgins, a Keenan Allen. So I know if I'm in the back end, back end of the first round, I got – any option I want, any combination I can do. I can get two monster wide receivers and one monster running back. I can go three wide to start, knowing that I'm not at the, you know, at the, I don't miss out on the cliff of wide receivers before they gets a little ugly and I don't want those receivers. So I couldn't position myself based on where I am in, in the first round. This is interesting stuff. Inside the mind of a guy who only wears V-necks. I hope you <laughs> yeah, well, you made fun of me for my shirt last week. So well, you turned a crew neck into a V-neck. It was very <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> uh your your tight end strategy. Yeah. Um like as I've been doing it, like I've been doing the, you know, well, right now I'm in the middle of best ball, so that's fresh in my mind, but and it's kind of a different strategy because I'm looking for guys who are gonna pop. But uh, you know, I get my tight end and then I wait, 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 wait. And I don't because I don't like a lot of people in the middle. And then I hit a spot where I like, I like Freermuth, and then I don't like anybody. And actually, someone asked this uh, a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Scott Komet 
in the chat asked about Hayden Hurst. And I know yeah. like our Carolina writer wrote this great thing about Hayden Hurst. Um, it was a little while ago. It's a little old now, so I don't want to bring it up. But he did say like it looks like Hayden Hurst, you know, could be a weapon in this offense. Yeah. You know, like a I lot of young quarterbacks. So, well, let's like, look at that Carolina. You, you want to – let's – Real quick, just talk about that Carolina offense while we're on the topic. Yeah, Hayden Hurst, Nando, is definitely a tight end I target as my tight end, too, in those last couple rounds. He's surprisingly still not really getting drafted that much. And if he does, it is in the 18th, 19th rounds as a tight end, too. I think it's a great pick, okay, especially when you wait on tight end and you want to put your tight end room together, which I do most of the time in my drafts because there are a bunch of tight ends that I do like this year after – the Pat Fryermuths and David and Jokus uh, of the world come off. For me, it's it's kind of the same strategy you hear with most fantasy analysts and players. If you don't get an elite one, you're waiting till the end. I really don't like the middle, um, you know, the, the middle targets of like George Kittle is usually now the tight end six or seven that comes off the board. For me, he's the last of the elite guys. I won't draft him this year. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, there you go. There's one guy that I, I won't be in on, Nando, is I don't like to draft George Kittle this year. I take Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard before him. Most right. drafts, you'll actually see God, uh, you'll, you'll see Kittle go before that. But if I miss that, that tier of Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, Dalton Schultz, I'm usually skipping that tier, and then I'm trying to put together a tight end room. I'll take three guys in my drafts. They're always 20 rounds. So the Tyler Higbees, the Dalton Kincaids, the Sam Laportas of the world, um, I you know I usually put together a, a, a mix, a mismatch, whatever, whatever you know. Mismatch, I think is the term. Mismatch, mismatch of, of that. And then a so guy like uh, a Hayden Hurst. smorgasbord if you want to go that way. Yeah, a guy like Hayden Hurst is actually, you know, a solid tight end too. Just because you look at that Carolina offense, DJ Chark is banged up. I know they're expecting him back, uh, you know, relatively soon here. Uh, Terrace Marshall, same thing, banged up. So they've been missing camp for a, a little bit here. And it seems like Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen are the two guys that, uh, you know, Bryce Young is connecting with more. And you could see these guys getting five, six catches every week and they're cheap prices. So Adam Thielen is actually a player that I never expected to draft. Uh, you love, and, you love Thielen and misspelling his last name. I love, I love misspelling it on purpose in, in my articles, just so you can yeah, correct. But perfect. I just think that Adam Thielen is one of these receivers in round 12 or 13. You could put him on your team as wide receiver five or six. And he'll go out there and get you. He's nothing exciting. He's not going to win you your league. It's not going to. But if you have some injuries or whatever early, you throw him into your lineup as a flex play. He'll give you twelve points every week. You know he'll be the six for sixty type wide receiver. And maybe even Hayden Hurst can do that as well. So let's see how quickly Jonathan Mingo comes along. Uh, a lot of drafters like taking Mingo as a high upside pick in that uh, in that offense. But you know. Hurst and Thielen are two unsexy names that can help your fantasy team. Watch Thielen do like one of those 12, 10, 125, two touchdowns. Let's say one touchdown week one and him be like the guy on waiver wire week one. 
Listen, I can see that I happening. Mean, I, don't, I don't know how many waiver wires he's going to be on, if unless you, you know you're playing in really shallow leagues. But no, I think it really. Um, it, listen, I don't know about those numbers because I don't think this Carolina offense wants to play shootouts. I think they want to play a lot of ball control. I think they want to slow rely on their defense. You're going to see Carolina in a lot of these twenty to thirteen games. So it's not an offense you want to heavily invest in, Nando. But like I said, I could see him as it's, you know, a decent wide receiver five where I was never, ever selecting him. But as we come to these final two weeks, he would probably wind him, wind up being on a, on a handful of my teams. Real quick, I, don't think, he'll be, I, I Hurst, think he'll be in a lot of waiver wires in like normal people leagues. Yeah. One of the one of the other tight ends we actually just mentioned um, that I was definitely not selecting for months. Uh, but now, again, another guy that I'm starting to rethink at the tight end position is David Njoku. And I just think it's because Deshaun Watson uh, seems like he's got a real good connection with Njoku. It seems like his, you know, Njoku is not going to be one of those players that, you know, comes off the field that much. Uh, I didn't, as I, as I looked at the tight end position, Nando, these last couple of months, I was like, I'm not going to take Njoku as tight end nine or 10 off the board. He was going around to pick a hundred. Uh, I said, that's it. If, if I don't get one of the elite guys, I'll punt till after that. But for some reason, Njoku's now come down the board a lot. His ADP is about 122. That's usually about the time I'm looking at the tight end position right there. And he's an athletic guy. I just didn't want to get involved in an offense in you know June and July where I looked at it and I said, you know what? They have Amari Cooper. They have Elijah Moore. I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones could still play a nice role. I just yes. thought I would get caught in too many weeks with Njoku, you know, at, for pick 100 where he produces too many four for 40 type weeks and you need the touchdown. But I can actually see now as we go on that maybe Njoku is going to be Watson's main guy a lot of these weeks. You know, I'm main, like the main of, guy could be could be, you know, a lot of us are torn on a lot of people still love Amari Cooper. At his price, you know, that early price, um, Elijah Moore's been banged up in camp, but he's, you know, a lot of people think he'll be the apple of Deshaun Watson's eye. But maybe, just maybe, it's Njoku, and maybe he's the guy that you want at the tight end position for his price on the draft board. You are super biased with Elijah. That was like a Chris Vaccaro guy last year. DeAndre Swift and Elijah Moore are Chris Vaccaro guys over the last few years. You must be so torn about what to do here. Well, definitely not DeAndre Swift. Um, I liked why Swift not? a couple but of years ago a little bit. But Elijah Moore last year, I definitely loved. You know, Nando, speaking of this Cleveland Browns offense, yeah. you know, I've been, now that I bring it up. I've been saying it on shows for the last couple of months. I was buying into this offense big time. I really was. I really thought that this was the, the sneaky offense that could be a top five offense. I was in love with Deshaun Watson coming into this year. I didn't think he belonged to be going in that 90 to 100 round uh, overall range at quarterback. I thought he belonged more in the elite eight top guys that go in the top 60 more than that, you know, quarterback nine to 12 where he's going currently. And people are like souring even more as the days go by on Deshaun Watson. I saw it differently, you know, most of the summer. I just, I'm starting to get these vibes as the big drafts come. Is this Cleveland Browns offense set up to be this year's 2022 Denver Broncos offense? You know, no, we're like, dude, no, I, 
Why There's not? No one... Like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It well, just Russell seems Wilson's like... like 38 and can't run anymore. Deshaun Watson's got fresh legs and, you know, yeah, he's super got talented. Fresh... I'm just saying as a whole, like, like, you look at the Cleveland Browns offense, you know, they have weapons everywhere. Just like the Broncos we thought last year had weapons everywhere. You have right. Watson as the Russell Wilson. Listen, we get a quarterback. Russell Wilson last year was going in that 75 to 100 overall range as like QB 8, 9, 10, just like Watson is, right? You know, he had a good receiver in Elijah Moore, just playing like the Jerry Judy type role, uh, Sutton as the Amari Cooper. Like it was just set up where the fantasy community was buying into that Broncos offense last year as that sneaky offense to rocket ship and carry it. And then we couldn't draft Sutton and Judy enough. We couldn't, we wanted Russell Wilson as our sneaky quarterback. Now you look a year later, it just seems like the Browns offense sets up like this. And now you hear over the last couple of weeks about the struggles that they're having in camp, you know? Uh, and I'm just I, saying, maybe it's just, maybe Watson's not going to return to glory that he had, you know, before everything went down with him. You know, maybe it's been too long of a layoff. Maybe I'm just saying it's possible that this offense can dupe us all where we all have high hopes for it, invest, you know, in all these players in the top hundred and can let us down. I think this is interesting because I see it like the difference to me is that Russell Wilson had that down year in Seattle the year before, Mm -hmm. right? Like he showed it, he showed signs of it. And he's like eight years older than Watson, right? So I don't know how, like I'm saying eight, like maybe it's six. But I feel like that's the key cog. And also Nathaniel Hackett, by week three, had to bring in a guy whose job was just to help him manage the clock. You know what I mean? Like I got a little more faith in the coaching staff. But you like there are all these little things like disaster. Is I don't feel like it's teetering on disaster. But But I will agree with you. Like Amari Cooper sometimes doesn't show up on the stat sheet at all. Right. Joku has had so many down weeks and so many injuries and like people are just embracing him. Like he hasn't, mm-hmm. uh, it's an unsettled run game behind Chubb. I would say, I think unsettled is a good word. Like Pierre Strong's okay, coming in disaster. Now. Imagine if this team, you know, I don't even want to say it out loud. Cause you know, if Do it, say it out loud. Hurt or missed, if, if Chubb missed time, I mean, this offense could completely crumble. They need Nick Chubb in the backfield to set up the play action pass. You know, they have a strong uh, offensive line. They're going to, rely on Chubb to be the focal point of this offense. So, uh, yeah, I, I see where you're going. I see what you're saying. I mean, maybe we could meet in the middle and be like, I could see them being seven and 10 and not, but not like disastrous seven and 10, just like a disappointing, like, man, how are the Browns still like not yeah. gelling? Maybe they're not that's gelling. Tough, maybe that's the, it's a tough division and it's a tough conference. So, you know, they're definitely one of those teams that you could see them finishing under, 500 but but donovan uh, people's jones is uh, impeccable oh, that's still your guy you'll you'll always remember your donovan people's jones call of 2022 wasn't really a call it was just very obvious and you mocked yeah. me for it like you mocked the commanders and uh you know or you mocked logan thomas or whoever you want to whoever you want to peg as yeah. their tight end as their travis kelsey uh you know what i ask what? No, you go yeah. ahead. We, we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah, throw, well, go ahead. Because I, you know, as we're going through these teams and names, you know, another name on my list of players that uh, I was out on that late in the draft season, I can't believe that I'm actually looking at when I'm in my drafts and I say, you know what? If this guy's available, I'm taking him. 
And that's the guy who burnt me the most last year, Nando. And it's Corbin Sutton. Yeah, but that, I mean, like, if Jerry Judy didn't get hurt, would you still be saying that? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, but we have to factor all of these things in, Nando. You know, Cortland Sutton was somebody I wasn't even looking at. Is he would come up put around a, a pick one hundred? You know, during online championship season in June and July, and now the the offense seems to be falling apart. You hear, you know, there was already all the whispers weeks ago of how good Sutton was looking with losing the weight and the routes and and just. Right. All glowing reports. And you don't, you can't take that, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Maybe this is just beat reporters hyping up the team and, and, and him as a player. I don't think beat but reporters Judy, do that. Knowing them, no, with, I think that's a thing they do. Yeah. I mean, listen, with Judy out probably two to four weeks now. That's the, the latest report is, is it should be back between two to four weeks. He's not going to be gone forever, but maybe Sutton, maybe Cortland Sutton gets off to a hot start. I can't see anybody else in this offense being the top target, right? Uh, so just by default, Cortland Sutton's got to see six, seven, eight targets early in the season in September. And maybe he's that guy that gives you six for 75 and a touchdown. And he's going right now. His ADP over the last week is 77, right? So you're getting him in the seventh round of your draft as your wide receiver three or four. So it's a guy that I was out on as an in an as a ninth round price, but because of everything that's happened over these last couple of weeks, we we already lost Tim Patrick out of this offense. Yeah. Okay. KJ Hamler, the unfortunate issue with his heart, he's not there. Um, Dolchich, you're hearing bad reports about him being a part time tight end here. Okay. Now with Troutman uh, in town, and that's Sean Payton's boy. Like it's just a process of elimination. How much, you know, how far along is Marvin Mim in this offense uh, to, you know, be a, a big contributor in, in September? For me, you know, it's a process of elimination. It's not a big target tree in Denver here. So Cortland Sutton is somebody that I don't have any shares of. I, I haven't drafted him the first couple of months. I didn't want it. You know, as fantasy players, like I said earlier, you got to forget about last season. But I guess I was so scarred from last year that he really wasn't a guy that I wanted um, coming into the season. But now I could see, a, you know, a pathway for him to be successful as my flex play every week. So you're saying Cortland Sutton is money and Jerry Judy is. Wow. Look at you. Look at you. Like I said, you're having too much fun over there. I know. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. I'm gonna give you yeah. two choices. Do you want to take a deep dive into the Washington Commanders' odds, or do you want to answer like two questions of people who are in the chat? One. I, How about one? Not, definitely not the Washington odds uh, question. All right, Dad. Well, I gotta find a good one. I haven't really been following along. Uh, you know what? Here, just grade this team. Uh, this is from Stephen FL. He's in Florida. He's got due to hurricane prep. He had to draft his team with no cheat sheets. Uh, it's a 10 team half PPR league, which I know you play in a lot of those. Um, his quarterbacks, Lawrence, his wide receivers are Jefferson, Waddle, Ridley, and Pickens. His running backs are Stevenson, Pacheco, and Robinson. His tight ends, Kincaid. That running back room is in trouble, man. What was the running backs again? I don't even know which Robinson he's referring to. Which, what was the running backs real quick again? Stevenson, Pacheco, Robinson. That's doable with those receivers and, and Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, no, it's a good team. He should uh, 
he should let his team auto pick in a hurricane uh, year on year in and year out. Going well, that forward. was an auto pick. He did it without cheat sheets. But uh, thank you for understanding the, the point of grade this team draft uh, draft like that going forward. No doubt about it. Listen, so, last one I want to talk about. A that, we gotta go. We gotta uh, uh, Jordan Addison. Oh. Don't forget him in your drafts. He was the rookie run. He was the rookie wide receiver. I was not gonna be in on this year. I wanted yep. to fade him in the eighth round price tag. I just thought he'd at best be the third target in that Vikings offense. But the more I think about it and see, you know what? Listen, Hawkinson's been like, I don't know what he's doing. He's got an ear infection. He's got a back issue. Even regardless, with those three guys out on the field, with Jefferson, Hawkinson, and now Addison, there's going to be enough to go around in this offense. They're going to, they're a terrible defense. They're going to be playing high scoring games and Jordan Addison in the seventh round as another guy, that's your wide receiver three, four can definitely uh, pay off big time. Like I said, Nando last week, and I'll say it again this week, you don't want to come out round seven or eight this year without at least one of those dozen receivers. That's always there out of the group, you know, that we talk about. So uh, Elijah Moore and Cortland Sutton and and Addison and Sky Moore and, and all these guys. There's just so many good wide receivers sitting there in round seven that you want to get one of these guys as your wide receiver four or five. Hey, man. Uh, thanks for respecting the fact that I had to leave at 1230 and talked right over it. Nobody cares. Nobody uh, cares. <laughs> happy birthday, Chris Carroll. Everyone wish him a happy birthday Thank on you. Twitter. Chris Vaccaro, GST, will be posting <laughs> like shots from the poolside yeah. all weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck with your 10 drafts. Yeah, it's about 10 drafts. You're right. Maybe like so seven. We'll oh, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be here next week. John oh, Lopez next is- yeah. Uh, next week, uh, Nando will be filling in. He'll be getting uh, – who, who you got filling in for me? John Lagueza, I think, is coming. There you go. Big John stud. So uh, yeah. I'll be out in Vegas drafting. You said you don't like him, but I think it's okay. I'll get, I'll get along with him. Sounds good. You're not really going to draft poolside, are you? No, I said I'll either I'll be in drafts, and then when I'm not in drafts, I'll be sitting poolside. That'll be my uh, next week. I'll be thinking. Look out, you, ladies! Though. Here comes a man with a big V-neck tan coming your way. Actually, he doesn't because he doesn't do his own yard work. Anyway, happy birthday, man! That's this is a great show. Ando, <laughs> uh, always a pleasure dealing with you for an hour. You love it. Goodbye, everybody. Uh,